0: so i wanted to lead off with a little bit of breaking news so this is coming out of more perfect union of course i'm sure you all are familiar with the outlet uh and they have reported that rail workers have ousted the union president who backed a labor deal and this is coming from uh the the brotherhood of locomotive engineers and trainsmen the second largest member rail union, 28,000 members, the 12-year incumbent president has been ousted in a vote for president that apparently, according to More Perfect Union, they are reporting that the rank and file members are clearly dissatisfied with that deal, mm, that labor agreement that was rammed down their throats by the Biden White House and by Congress. And they are deciding to go in a different direction. And the new president, is Eddie Hall Jr., who is a working engineer, also a union officer out of Tucson. So congratulations to Eddie Hall and congratulations to the the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainsmen for deciding to go in a different direction (laughs) because that's the wonderful thing about worker-led movements and organizations like unions. Hey, it's a democracy. If one of them Ain't getting it done with the leadership and the negotiating skills at the top. Get him out of there. Time to get somebody new in there who is going to actually stand up for the rank and file. And More Perfect Union is also reporting that this election was won by Mr. Hall with 53% of the vote. So it's a little bit of breaking news there. And keep it here to Status Quo News. I'm sure Uh, Jordan will bring you subsequent updates about the significance of this new election of a new president of the BLET <laughs> and and what this could mean for the potential of a railroad workers strike which i definitely think needs to happen should happen i understand why it has quite not happened because the rail workers their retirement and their pension is done a little differently. They don't necessarily pay into the social security scheme (laughs) like the rest of us. So if they were to walk before collecting their retirement, they would lose it. Um, So that's part of the reason I think a lot of these railroad workers have not just, you know, taken their last check and hit the bricks because they paid into their system. And that's not something that you can easily walk away from. So I understand that, but I'm certain that the deal imposed upon them by Congress, by Democrats <laughs> and a Democratic president is not going to sit too well. And we'll probably, we may see some more of that. So going forward, so just a little bit of breaking news there off the top. And it really leads into what I wanted to get into today. So you saw the, the thumbnail. okay? Uh, Barack Obama has a clip that is making the rounds on social media, Twitter specifically today, even commented upon by Twitter's overlord, Elon Musk, And when I did did some more deep digging, I I discovered (laughs) not all that hard, but uh, this is not a new clip. This is not something that Obama has said freshly, but it's relevant very much today because in, in, in light of this news coming from the rail union, and just given my, my, my ponderings and my musings as of late, usually I'm very pessimistic <laughs> about, about whether or not capitalism can be defeated and whether or not the people will actually win, whether or not the planet will actually win. But I have figured that I think we're actually about to win. I, yes, I do. Seriously, I, I actually believe that 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 winning is on the horizon, despite the fact that I think that is going to get a little bit worse, maybe a lot worse <laughs> before it gets better. But I see victory on the horizon. And here's why. Because when I saw this clip that I'm about to show you from Obama, and then I realized it was from 2019 when he was speaking at the Obama Foundation, blooded whatever the fuck. Right. I re- I'm like, oh, o- Obama said this in 2019. And yet, subsequently, since 2020, this exact kind of talking point has been seized upon by the right, by Tucker Carlson, Fox News, even elected officials like Governor Ron DeSantis. And I said, no, wait a second, <laughs> when Obama, the so-called de facto Head of the Democratic Party, for all intents and purposes, right? They only call on Obama when they want to win some shit, right? They, they don't call on fucking Joe Biden. What's Biden going to do? No, Obama gets the asses in the seats, right? So Obama still runs the party, by and large. So here's Obama, allegedly the head of the um, political left and <laughs> the, the elected left. And he started smearing the phrase, "woke" way before Tucker Carlson and them started. I said, no, wait a minute. I said, when both heads (laughs) of of the monster are speaking the same language, that tells me that the monster is very, very afraid of what is coming for it. So let's revisit this clip from Barack Obama back in 2019, when he's basically chastising the youth. He's chastising Gen Z, younger millennials, uh, chastising the ways in which so- social media movements have been organized or movements have been able to been organized on social media. And he thinks, and, he, and to some extent he's not wrong, but just simply tweeting is not activism. Yes, but it is a new way to engage those people who may not have been previously aware of particular struggles or specific fights or the D- 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 De- Bavarian thing. So, anyway, let's check out this clip from Obama, and then we're going to hear how he's been parroted. <laughs> he's been parroted a lot by those on his so-called um, political opposition. Let's take a listen. You
1: know this this idea of purity and you're never compromised, and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. Uh, you should get over that quickly. The world the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids and you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college camps, is Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, But I do get a sense sometimes now, among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right, or used the wrong verb, or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, <laughs> watch my show, watch Gronish. <laughs> um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, it, it, if, if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do.
0: <laughs> you heard that delayed applause? Didn't nobody want to clap for that shit? <laughs> nobody wanted to hear. Nobody wanted to hear that shit that Obama was talking. And it's so it, it's it's so very typical of him. I'll talk about him for a second, and then talk about the greater, broader class interest that Obama is representing right there. But you know, he he. he if you want to know where progressive movements go to die, you look no further than Barack Obama. Every opportunity there has been for a social movement to really gain some traction or for a particular action to potentially gain some traction. I'm thinking specifically of the NBA players when they decided not to play and they were threatening a a a labor strike uh obama called lebron and said no 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 (laughs) no 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 y'all need to cut all that shit out all that radical activist shit nah 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 you don't want to do do none of that and there is barack obama there uh, uh totally upholding the status quo and reinforcing this this misplaced sense of civility and decorum because basically what he's saying is that people in his position powerful people rich people politically uh, uh strong folks out here if if you simply criticize them online then you're not really doing anything you're just casting stones well what most of us don't have is the political power so what we do have is the the power of our phones right and twitter is what is so interesting that of all people, Elon Musk, like I said, this this clip has resurfaced. It is remaking the rounds. It has millions of views on it. And Elon himself commented on this and said that the president spoke wise words, spoke wise words. And so for Elon and Obama <laughs> to, to, to be united or for Elon to be united with Obama's whack-ass message right there um, uh, about how people aren't, Perfect and no one's pure and this, that, and the other. Well, when, what what kind of impurities are we talking about, Mr. President? Are are we talking about regime change in, in Libya? But you promised not to do. Instead, Libya has been thrown into complete chaos, an open-air slave market for all intents and purposes. Notice how we don't get any much much reporting about Libya. You heard about the Lockerbie Scotland. Alleged terrorists that has been captured, but not much about how Libya is doing these days. It's funny, funny how that happens, or in the ways that Obama um de- definitely tried to stifle and neutralize the Black Lives Matter movement, even after leaving office, de- derided, defund the police. Um, as a strong policy position, which I still very much support, to fund and abolish, to fund and abolish, uh, but Obama is here to kill our dreams. Okay, and the sad thing is that you know he was the 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 bougie realization of of what a lot of people thought would be the 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 coming together of the United States, and as him being elected president would somehow be a reflection of of the of the reckoning that America has gone through, the racial reckoning, like his election was supposed to be symbolic that we have moved past race, post-racial. And everything that comes out of his mouth since he left office um, just reminds me how his entire elections, too, and his presidency was an entire scam run on us to deflate the progressive movement, to deflate any sort of Of sincere radical movements coming out of what was happening in 2008. Obama got our vote because he voted against war, right? He voted against the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And what the fuck did he do (laughs) right when he got into office? uh, Continued engaging in war, uh, actively engaged in regime change and authorized Billions of more funding for police and law enforcement, right? Obviously, an enemy of the people and our class enemy nonetheless. And just to show you how Obama was actually ahead of the curve when it came to deriding the the term woke and what it means to be woke. And it's so funny to me to see how woke has been turned into a diss. (laughs) But you notice it's only a diss coming from clowns. Coming from clowns like Tucker Carlson, coming from clowns like Barack Obama, they like to use woke as a pejorative, right? And the bottom line is, it's okay to be woke, okay? What woke real" means is that you understand that, that the systems, multiple systems in this country are unequal. And to be woke is to want to see everything be distributed equally. You could call it socialism, you could call it a lot of things. I support woke. I support people being free to be who they are without fear of any sort of state persecution. IE anti trans bills, anti LGBTQ bills. I just want people to be be able to be who they are. And to me, that is an example uh, one of small example of what it is to be woke. And there's nothing wrong with being woke. And the fact that Obama, Elon Musk, and now we're going to hear from Governor Ron DeSantis, who very famously likes to derive the word woke. And it. what do these three assholes have in common? Let's take a listen to DeSantis real quick.
1: We reject woke ideology. We fight the woke
0: in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida
1: is where woke goes to die.
0: So woke is the word that the elites are using to basically tell you that they like the things of exactly the way they are. They want to keep the, the, the status quo. <laughs> uh, they do not want to see redistribution of, of, of wealth, of access to means of production to, um, for people to be free amongst their genders, amongst their gender identity. They don't want to see workers be paid. Fairly, They don't want to teach American history in the proper way. And it's just so funny to me to see the Venn diagram for Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk and Barack Obama to be standing firm on being anti-woke. So that should tell all of us that, number one, these ideas of, of political divisions in the United States, at least among the elected parties in power. It's a farce. There's only a couple of issues, truly, in which Republicans and Democrats disagree on. Uh, one of those have to, happens to be abortion rights. The other happens to be what the Biden administration actually did, something tangible. I won't call it material. Maybe in some ways it is material. But signing the marriage equality into law so that, you know, bigoted asshole um, states where interracial marriage is frowned upon, gay marriage is frowned upon. Uh, These unions, these legal unions will have to be recognized even in states in which they are not themselves legal. So that was actually a singular good thing. But what what has Biden done with this democratically controlled Congress that he's about to lose control over? Have they increased the wages for for people? They attempted some student loan debt relief. Eh, Not not good enough. (laughs) It was already short to begin with. And the the conservatives have got it yoked up in court. So what what exactly are the Democrats trying to do to change your material condition? The answer is very little. The answer is they stand with with anti union, um, environmental contaminating people like Elon Musk, Ron DeSantis. Wh- why is DeSantis in the right <laughs> t- taking taking cues? From Barack Obama, because ultimately they all have the same interests. They just talk a different game, but ultimately their interests are the same. And the and the Democrats, along with Joe Biden, showed us that when they forced, for example, that labor agreement down the throats of the railroad ruckers. They're not interested in 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 union strength. They're not interested in the power and the bargaining power of people and the workers. No, they are here to capitulate. To the one percent, to the Warren Buffets, to the Elon Musks, to the Jeff Bezoses, and that's it. And the rest of us are supposed to get in line. Are you ready to get in line? Are you ready to get in the streets? Because hmm? I don't want to get in line. <laughs> okay, I'm not here to earn another cent towards Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bank of America or anybody else. I'm not trying to contribute to the bottom lines of any more of these billionaires or their corporations or even any of these politicians. So it's really time for a a radical shift in this country that has to be worker driven it has to be egalitarian you know we have to be able to move beyond um the issues that we are dealing with with race and gender identity because those indeed are the divisions that the oligarchs and the elites thrust upon us to keep us separated okay um but listen i'm not standing with no billionaire (laughs) and it's really wild to see um I, like that, did you guys see, I meant to pull the clip of uh, Chappelle and Elon. I'm, I'm certain everybody has seen it by now, but it was really disappointing. But at the same time, very unsurprising to see Dave Chappelle, comedic genius, go up for an idiot billionaire like Elon Musk. And then for Chappelle to even try to chastise His own audience in defense of Elon was the height of clownery. I said, Dave is gone. Dave is no longer in class solidarity with the rest of us. Dave has has linked up with the billionaires. He loves flying on the private jets. He says, sayonara, suckers. (laughs) I will crack these regular Joe jokes, but I don't stand with you regular Joes anymore. In fact, everybody up in the cheap seats, those are the ones booing Elon, right? clownery clownery but let us be reminded of what malcolm taught us last week everybody remember last week malcolm x played the clip malcolm let us know that a do not look to these celebrities do, do not look to black celebrities uh to to be the thought leaders on on politics and in political actions and movements don't do that. And white folks, y'all don't do that either. Stop asking fucking Drake what he thinks about <laughs> what he what he thinks about inflation. Nobody give a goddamn. Um, the next piece of news I wanted to bring, and it's gonna him gonna hit this kind of quickly here. Um, some excellent news coming out of the state of Oregon. Outgoing Governor Brown. Yesterday, um, well, she didn't commute the sentences, but what she did was she, all of Oregon's death row inmates are no longer on death row. She has made sure that the 17 people that were on death row will instead be sentenced to life without parole. And she gave an interview to Oregon's I think is KGW News. And she gave a a sort of cursory explanation as to why she decided to take this step um, as she exits the governor's mansion. Let's take a look at that. A couple of things. Number one, um, it is immoral. Uh, Justice is not served by the state taking a life. Secondly, its impact is inequitable, uh, depending upon where you live in the state and in this country. And third, It doesn't make sense. Um, It doesn't prevent violent crime, and it costs taxpayers thousands, millions of dollars. There are over 20 states across the country and the District of Columbia that have outright outlawed the death penalty for very good reason. Number one, it is an archaic form of punishment that does not do much to deter the crimes in which people are usually given the death penalty for. Um, people who kill and who perhaps commit other felonies during the course of doing other felonies um, they're not really deterred by by the threat of the death penalty so it doesn't do anything to, to do to deter violent crime so that's one it doesn't work for two as the governor said, it is disproportionately applied. the majority of people sitting on death row happen to be black and brown and when we look at projects, out of um, like I think out in the innocence project out of Illinois, or maybe they have so many different um branches, as it were. But when you look at the most of the people that the Innocence Project has freed, it it has been black folks and brown folks. And when you go even further, when you look in the microcosm level, I'm thinking of specific cities. Um, like Philadelphia, that had a conviction integrity unit by District Attorney Larry Krasner, and I think in Chicago they have done something similar, where they have been reopening cases of a oh man, what was the name of that? I'm sorry, guys. It's a it's a Chicago police officer who I believe through his fraudulent police work sent over 50 men to jail for murder and in which several of them can have been recently exonerated. So we know that there is a definite racial bias when the death penalty is is used in sentencing. So what is the point of doing it? (laughs) There, there, There really is none. And this whole tough on crime thing that America does, and does very badly by the way, because when you look across the world, you know, America has very punitive punishments. We have a, a very tight criminal justice system. We lock up more of our citizens than any other country in the world. Like we believe in jail. <laughs> like we we overbelieve in jail in America, the land of the free, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the amount of money that this country spends on incarcerating people is 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 money that that is absolutely misspent and even for those that are on Death row. I mean, you're basically housing somebody um, and just waiting for the opportunity to, to kill them. Um, and this needs to be applied to more states. More places need to accept taking the death penalty off the table. Um, in Missouri, most recently, there was a young man executed. His name was Kevin Johnson. Uh, Kevin was on death row since he was about 19 years old. Um, had plenty of contrition and reason to remain alive. And there was actually no reason why the governor of Missouri uh, couldn't commute his his sentence to life in prison. But in order to make a statement, to make a point, to be punitive, to be cruel even, the governor of Mississippi took this man's life. And for what reason? This, this young man left behind a daughter and a grandchild. Um, who were actually, and the daughter, who was 19 years old, I believe, was was prohibited from being in the chamber when her father was put to death. Uh, The cruelty is the point here. And as many steps as we can take to eliminate the cruelty, that needs to continue to happen. Um, The the carceral system in this country remains inhumane (laughs) and cruel, period. But the death penalty is something that is archaic that needed to be left far behind in the past, um, and I applaud Governor Brown for taking this step. And the incoming governor said that that they will continue the same policy. So good job, Oregon! Well done, <laughs> well well done, and taking us one step closer towards. Um, a bit of humanity in this very inhumane system. And speaking of inhumanity, guys, the last story that I wanted to bring to you has to do with the um, sudden death of TV personality Stephen Boss, better known to many as Twitch from the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I understand this is not a pop culture show. You know, we're not talking about celebrity news. But when I saw this story break this morning, I said, this is absolutely an opportunity uh, to have a serious conversation about not only mental health care, but the reasons why so many people in this country seem to be in desperate mental distress. Let's take a look at a video. I believe this is going to be Twitch dancing with one of of his kids, but in case you are not familiar with who he is, let's take a look at some of his work. Yeah, I believe that's his son that he's dancing with and twitch had joined the ellen DeGeneres show in 2014 he was a standout member on a show called so you think you can dance and apparently ellen was a big fan of the show and reached out to him directly and he became a regular part of her program oftentimes filling in for ellen when she was out on vacation and the the whole his whole persona was happiness and like very bubbly, very up. You would have, I, I and I'm not even a big fan of the Ellen DeGeneres show, but I caught it enough times to know who he was and to kind of have an idea of his personality. And he always seemed like a very up person. Um, and that is the insidiousness of, of, of mental illness and people who are contemplating self-harm and or suicide uh, because you don't know what is going on Inside. You don't know what is actually happening in their head. And the ways that a person can present to the public um, does not oftentimes denote the internal turmoil that they are feeling. Twist was 40 years old, 40 years old. He leaves behind a wife, Allison, and three children. And when we talk about the issue of suicide in the US, it is not a shrinking problem. In fact, it is a growing problem. If we could pop up that CDC. Uh, for me, Colin, because in 2019, we saw suicide rates go down some, but over the past two years, suicide rates have been on the rise, particularly among teen girls and Black people. But even more specifically, Black men are at an increased risk of committing suicide, um, we have seen even some 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 notable uh, folks t- uh, to take their own lives tragically, and that's why sometimes I like to frame celebrity news in ways that it applies to everybody. Because you look at this gentleman Twist, he seemed to be, like I said, extremely successful had a family had a had a very thriving career um you would not think that those would be the circumstances under which um somebody like him would would potentially take his life but he did um and the other part about the suicide rates being on the rise is because you know I know we've added it the new mental health crisis nationwide helpline i think it's 998 i'm a very bad D- distributor of public information at, at at this particular moment. I'm pretty sure it's 998. Uh, and even that, e- even though that is a something, it's not a nothing, there has been some criticisms about that line as well as about, you know, if you're contemplating self-harm and you call that number and you tell them that you're, that you're contemplating self-harm, are they going to send the police to your house? Uh, will that potentially um, exacerbate an already, desperate situation, yeah. So this, this whole system isn't perfect. But in this country, we spend so much money in the wrong directions. We don't even really care about people. We we have just reauthorized uh, the, the, the the NDAA to the tune of $800 million plus, And we don't have substantial mental health care in this country. We do not have adequate regular people, <laughs> regular health care for your body let alone that the that the care that your mind and in your psyche require. And at the end of the day you guys, capitalism is running a number on us. It's not only running a number on our bodies as we see people being forced back to work in a, in in the pandemic. I know the pandemic, some people think it's over. It's not. <laughs> it, it, it is definitely not. Um the ways in which our bodies have responded and some people's bodies did not respond. People actually died by the hundreds of thousands. Uh, During the pandemic but capitalism saying all that to say that capitalism is is forcing us to do a lot of unnatural things that takes our mind and our bodies in a lot of unnatural directions, and a lot of people are not able to handle it and it's not shit that that's that's normal, nor should it be handled. You should not be away from your house for 40 hours a week. You should not be having to deposit your newborn, your six-week-old, your eight-week-old at childcare because you have to return to work. You should not be having to ask the people to come open up the glass for the baby formula (laughs) because it's locked up because capitalism has parents in such a desperate state uh, that people have to steal in order to feed their kids. Like There's so much about these systems that capitalism and white supremacy are the driving engines behind. That is, that it is literally killing us by the millions and and, and incrementally in the tens of thousands in suicides and gun violence and drug overdoses, right? Like the the people, uh, um, Americans are struggling. Like Americans need to be very honest um, uh, about the ways in which we are trying to keep up with the Joneses and put on airs to to ways that is actually killing us or making us want to end it all in the case of this of this young man. Um so please do yourself a favor, check in with yourself first. Make sure that you are doing okay and definitely check in with the people that that are your so-called strong friends, right? Or your strong family members. People who may not complain a lot about their daily lives and maybe on the exterior They may not feel comfortable complaining. I'm certain Twist probably didn't want to talk to his close friends about whatever he was feeling because people would be like, man, what's wrong with you? Look at everything that you have going for you. Why would you be upset? Why would you be depressed? Why would you be sad? Don't be that friend. Okay. Be a safe sounding board uh, for people to come. And if they need to unload or do some emotional dumping, let them. Because the alternative is is that people remain silent. They remain deeply mired in in their own pain and anguish to the point that they will do and take desperate actions, okay, regardless of their circumstance or their situations. So I definitely want to send condolences going out to Twitch's family, to everybody uh, that he knew, to all of his fans. Again, I only kind of knew him in passing, but when I saw this 40-year-old, 40-year-old Black man had taken his life. Um, I, I definitely thought it was something that we needed to to speak about and to acknowledge. So rest in peace to Twitch. Oh, can I tell you guys a racism story? And then I'm gonna let y'all go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, since I got a few minutes. Okay, I'm gonna tell you all this story and then I'm gonna let y'all go. So Um, I'm from Maryland, central Maryland. Okay. I'm from a place called Howard County, Maryland, a place that, that likes to sell itself as a racial utopia. Oh, look at all these interracial people living happily together in, in their fake, in in their fake utopia. Right. So anyway, so I'm in my neighborhood, the neighborhood in which I grew up in, in which I was raised. Okay. They have a park in the neighborhood, the park, is on this particular day it is empty is isolated there's nobody there at this time i'm gonna say this is maybe 2013 so we're going on 10 years ago and this is how wonderful racism stories work everybody you never forget them shits okay <laughs> you never you never forget uh when somebody came with you with the racisms I, you can recall every fucking detail okay so i'm in the park with my two dogs i had two pit bulls at the time breezy and bagheera Ooh, they were nice, young, spry little things there. Again, park is empty. I have my dogs off leash, okay? Coming up a path, hmm, I'm gonna say this person was at least 150 to 200 feet away from me. So a, a white woman whom I had recognized from the neighborhood. She also lived in my neighborhood. I didn't know her name. Uh, she was walking with her dog, again, 150 feet away from me. She starts hollering to me, from this distance. Hey, I, I couldn't understand what she was saying at first. And she, what she was saying was, put your dogs on a leash, <laughs> right? And mind you, my dogs are adjacent to me, haven't left my side, have no interest in her dog. We're going on a separate path. She's coming from a different direction. We're not even really I- interacting with each other. And she's, ke- and she's adamant for me to put my dogs on a leash, right? Lady, you don't tell me what the fuck to do, okay? So, I tell her after some, some long distance jawing after a few seconds of that, I told her to call the police, like get out my face. Me and my dogs are going on a walk. And that's exactly what we did. So my dogs and I went, walked through the park, through the path again, did not encounter her or anybody else. We circling out of the park, coming back up to where the parking lot is, where my vehicle is parked. There's two cars in the parking lot. There's mine, and then there's somebody parked immediately behind me. So I'm parked in the spot, right? She's parked blocking my vehicle. Do you guys think I was mad? <laughs> do, 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 do you think I got upset? I, got, I was instantly incensed. I get up to my car. This person is blocking me in, white woman blocking me in, right? I put my dogs in the car. I have a bat in my trunk, okay? I know very easily. I know that bat's in my trunk, okay? I said, I'm thinking to myself, go get that bat and maybe not go upside her head per se, but definitely go upside that driver's side mirror. (laughs) Go go upside the mirrors once or twice. And then I thought, I said, God damn it, I got a fucking job. This bitch is going to run tape on me and I'm going to get fired for fucking busting her shit. So I get in my car. She, again, she hasn't moved her vehicle at all. She I, she is still blocking me in, Lord Jesus. So because there was no other cars parked next to me, I was able to do a little quick three to five point turn and get out of the space and exit the park. Don't you know the white lady followed me? You know she followed me. Yes, she followed me. So I called the police. Now you know shit has gone south. <laughs> you, you know the situation has gone completely left. when me. I called the police. So I called the police and I said, hey, this woman is following me, this, that, and the third. So I drive to a police station. She knows clearly what turn I'm making. I turn off and I, I go to the police station. And I tell them what happened. And they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. Like This woman was just trying to hold you against your will. Nothing we can do though. Um. So I said that to say, <laughs> Carlos, yes. Racism absolutely is something you feel in your veins, in your blood pressure, in your heartbeat, in your breathing. When when people experience racism, it is a physical sensation. Okay. It is something that it is that that's why it's so easily um recallable when, when people experience racism and incidents of racism, because my whole body felt it. It wasn't just my mind, it, it, it wasn't just me in the present. Everything about me was interpreting that instant of racism and understanding that I was not safe (laughs) with someone trying to restrict my movements and someone who had threatened to call the police and yet no police appeared. And I will give you guys a follow up and I'm going to turn you loose. The next day, I went to the local police precinct, again, long story. So I I asked, I inquired to them. I said, did anybody call 911 from this particular park? Because this person told me that they were calling the police on me. Um, And and obviously, no police showed up. And this person tried to take matters into their own hands. And the police said that they did not receive any 911 calls. So that leads me to wonder, what what was she going to do? Like, what was she going to do? this this person was trying to provoke something and they did, (laughs) but they almost provoked me to violence. You understand? To violence. And, but for understanding who was going to get in trouble had I reacted and the police showed up was the only saving grace to that woman's face (laughs) and to her vehicle is because I know who would have went the fuck to jail for reacting in that moment. It wouldn't been me, the victim. <laughs> no, it would have been the fucking provocateur. You understand? She would have got off. I would have went the fuck to jail. So Anyway, that's my, that's one of my racism stories. Tune back on Wednesdays for Kim's racism stories right here on Status Quo News. No, guys, thank you all so much for, for joining us today. Uh, I will check y'all back next Wednesday, hopefully. <laughs> but be sure to tune in to Status Quo News. Of course, we're going to have the update um, about that new election for the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen. They decided to go in a new direction for their union leadership. So. Stay tuned to Status Coop for more of that. Thank you so much to Jordan and Colin. See you guys later. Subscribe to Burn It Down with Cam Brown. Thank you.